Eat that box in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Forever waiting for someone to like us. Bitches love record players. Okay, don't swallow it, that's gross. Hello, my little sex kittens. This is Raven, and welcome to Raven After Dark. On the next episode of <laughs> Raven After Dark, we have a very dun, dun, special dun. guest. Bum, bum, bum. The one and only Zen. Clap, 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 clap. So hello, Should have brought my, my soundboard. Sir. Oh my gosh, that would have been cool. <laughs> Next time we'll bring that. Right. Have little claps and we can have little booze, if anything. Right. <laughs> Lots of booze. <laughs> Only booze. <laughs> Only booze. So Mr. Zen, tell me about yourself. Um, I say it so much that it sounds cheesy to me, but it probably won't sound cheesy to other people, but I consider myself a professional free spirit and a futurist. Ooh. Yeah, so, or an, a... Uh, Activist cleverly disguised as a professional business person. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so it's basically a good way of saying I'm a hobo and ragamuffin with a little <laughs> bit of brains, I guess you could say. Okay, so, okay. Or at least I pretend well enough. Hey, we're all kind of pretending in a sense when you think about it. Adults are just hairy kids. It was a little bit, I had an existential <laughs> crisis when I realized that. You know, I love my parents, they're great. Yes. But whenever you realize that, it really... Shatters Shatter, your world. Yeah, it shatters everything because you're like, my parents don't know what they're doing either. Like, yeah. they have no idea. Yeah. And we're just all trying to figure it out. Yeah. I, I mean, it does give me more respect for them because it's like when I do the stupid shit that I used to criticize as teen. Well, I was never a teenager, but if I was a teenager and I criticized them for things and then I did it later in life, I'm like, okay, you know. You're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It all comes full circle. Yes. <laughs> a little bit of a existential karma, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking online for the past couple months now, trying mm-hmm. to hang out, and mm-hmm. it's there's so much that you do and so mm-hmm. much that you're involved with with your life. I don't even really know where to get started. Me? I thought I was going to interview you. Oh, because, well, let, let's like, do it back and yeah. forth. <laughs> well, t- t- what, what's the intention of this? Like, what? Tell me about this podcast, because so this podcast, my goal is to create a safe a safe place where people can come on and share their stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Main focus is sex and sexuality because that's such a broad. Oh shit! I'm a little uncomfortable. No, a brat no. oh i hate to make you uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a spectrum and i mm-hmm. feel like even though it's gotten more okay to talk about things people still don't have a place or a platform right. to feel comfortable about sharing it mm-hmm. and you know there's so i mean we can talk about whatever we want there's so much more because you have your church mm-hmm. that you lead we could i would love to hear more about that you just, sure about it it might get a little awkward oh let's you know <laughs> let's try it worst case scenario we'll just chop it out <laughs> well, well, well that i'm all about consent i want to make sure yes. so from like zero to ten zero being you're going to fall asleep on the couch and ten being like you'll probably never have me back again and you'll call for help later like how <laughs> awkward are you okay with this getting i mean i'm a pretty awkward person i feel like in general so i okay. feel like i can and if it gets a little too much we'll just be like hey we'll just put a little pause on that and reroute it but a I'm little open bit of podcast it. magic exactly right? <laughs> just edit it right out all right cool okay cool so wherever you want to start because you've you mentioned that you're a dom and that you have mm-hmm. some subs so if that's yeah. what you want to I, I i'm more or less bullied into being the top <laughs> I'm a switch. Okay. But okay. I'm a very picky switch, as any bottom should be. Okay. Um, well, I didn't think we'd start off right with BDSM. This is cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I am a switch. It's so hard to find 
a top that I feel is competent enough. Okay. And as good with brats as I consider myself, because that's why I'm so good with brats is because I am one. Okay. So the moment I'm able to top them from the bottom, I'm just like, peace, you're cool, but, and yeah. So I tend to, I, I've been doing, you know, the lifestyle. Don't tell anyone, okay? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it was like 17 when I first got into the BDSM community out in New England, Boston. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. I knew some DJs and some bouncers and stuff. It was a different day and age there anyways, yeah. you know, with like IDing and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, they're like, oh, come and check it out. And, you know, it was a goth industrial club. Man Fun. Ray. Shout out to Man Ray. Miss you. Um, and uh, yeah, I I became a regular there at the goth industrial club. Knew some DJs, started DJing myself. Not at that club itself in particular, but, um, and they had fetish events all the time. Okay. So that's how I kind of like... I don't know. For me, it was like a strange bleed effect. I didn't really notice the lines between the two communities. Okay. So I figured most people that were in the goth industrial community were also kinky. So it was kind of weird finding people that were like slut phobic and things like that in the in the goth industrial community. Because like generally speaking, it's more sexually liberated. But I mean, you find, you know, slut phobia everywhere. It's what crazy. Is sl- what, do you, what do you mean by slut phobia? <sighs> Um, so a person can be sexually liberated, but not for the liberation of scarlet collar workers. We call them scarlet collar workers rather than sex workers. Okay. Um, you know, linguistics is important. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because as a person that is an abolitionist, I, my perspective is that true freedom and liberation only can come when everyone is free. Yes. You know, including animals, mm-hmm. including all marginalized populations, not just the one that you reside in. Okay. So um, oftentimes picking and choosing who should have more freedoms or rights than others is, I don't know. That's a whole other thing I could get into. But. Okay. Yeah. So then when you first got into the scene, what mm-hmm. was it that you enjoyed? Like, what was that first time of being like, oh, I kind of I kind of like that. <laughs> like, do you recall that moment? I, or I, I could tell you a funny story about how a uh, ex of mine used to introduce herself okay um and this was kind of interesting i was like okay never seen that before but now i have um adorable i'm not gonna say her name i mean she just used her nickname anyways but super cute little redhead um and uh she would she would go hi i'm so-and-so and introduce herself and put her hands out and go boobs and she's just like like welcome boobs into her hand and they just you know it's usually i mean anyone she very indiscriminative about the gender uh and they just write right in her hands and then she just go and they go yeah that was how she handshake it was interesting i'm like i've never seen that before but i love it what a great way to meet people (laughs) yeah you know i mean it's funny you say that because i've kind of wanted to do like a um i don't know like maybe like a kind of like a speed dating thing maybe okay um kind of flips things on its on its ass like have you ever been in a situation where you met someone and you're like okay they're really awesome and then you find out that they're crazy after the like you know like butterflies Mm -hmm. fade away wouldn't it be nice if you could go to a dating event where they have a name tag and it says hi my name is and it it says all their issues i love that i mean think about red flags yes all the red flags like all the worst shit the stuff that they've been you know like dumped for you know ended up homeless for ended up or less like just the darkest weirdest shit um, I want, like, I want to come in and I want to meet you and I want to, like cause we're going to have so much to talk about. Exactly. If you think about it. Like, I is like that really going to make people run away? Maybe. I don't think so. We all got shit. I think it'd be easier than trying to like 
have those moments of like, how do I tell this person mm-hmm. that this has happened? If you're just like, hey, this is this is my trauma. Exactly. Like you down. Like exactly. I got some baggage. Can you carry it? Exactly. And, and I got to be honest. Maybe this is a little selfish. Like I'd like more of those events to happen because it would. I feel like it would put me in less precarious situations. There you go. Um, <laughs> I. I don't. I always find myself in these situations where you know people that are curious about sexuality. And, I mean, that's why I'm going to be certified as like a, you know, life coach. That's what I'm in the process oh, of doing. Cool. So, transformation coach. Um, uh, should be graduating probably by the time this comes out. But I always have people coming to me curious about sexuality and things like that, and it, it's kind of always weird. I'm like, are they hitting on me, or are they just genuinely curious? And they okay. start talking shit about their relationship and like getting my input on this and stuff. And it's like. I mean, I can only help you so much. Yeah. Like, you really got to help yourself. You know what I mean? And then, like, you know, they'll eventually ask for input or I'll be able to clarify if they want actual input or just to be heard. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It always really creates these weird situations where it's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe you should stop entering into relationships with people and not telling them that you're an exhibitionist or kinky or scarlet yeah. collar worker. Maybe you should, like, talk about that stuff. Like, it's on a name badge or something that would be cool so i think you should start this i think this is a great idea i would definitely attend Mm. and i've never done speed dating before don't don't tell me that though because (laughs) i'm like an addict okay and you just you just took out my drug of choice because i'm like addicted to creating new projects and community you know um i i've always seen myself as an artist and then eventually like life became my canvas i moved from painting and jewelry and all kinds of stuff to just life Okay. It's kind of how I see it now, and it's, I don't know, it's its kind of painful, like, in a way. But painful is, but awesome, because I feel like so many people don't see life as art. So mm-hmm. for you to have that perspective on the world, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm just trying to make this as beautiful as possible mm-hmm. for myself and everyone involved, like, that's a really cool mindset to have. Yeah, yeah. I've made so many lists of different, like, projects and passions. I mean, my podcast, one of them was accidental, <laughs> like, so, um, and then the other one's more for business out of necessity, I guess you could say. But, okay. Yep. So. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. So you started when you were like 17-ish. Mm-hmm. When was the moment that you just really dived into it and you're like, this is, this is what I love? Probably going to the fetish flea market um in new england Tell so me about that yeah so um i don't know if you were around during the horns and halos days here in no. phoenix area okay um so imagine a massive hotel okay with a lobby that's indoors and a pool that's you know in the center of the lobby right okay. so it's kind of like almost like a horseshoe shape yeah and they have like little um rec halls where you know they can be checked out and everything but imagine being inside of there and having a bunch of half naked people um mostly dressed in black the entire bottom, all of the rooms on the bottom floor are actually fetish shops. Okay. Uh, with, you know, leatherware and floggers and, you know, pet play gear and whatever. Um, and they'd have workshops and things like that. So I think the first time that I went to a major fetish event, I was like, okay, these are my peeps. Because, I mean, <laughs> I know that I'm privileged in this sense, so, so I always have to check my privilege when I talk about this. But... A lot of people are surviving with social anxiety, and yes. it's like it's like an epidemic. Okay. So many people, I, I feel, are affected by it. I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that I know this is ableist, but I'm just going to say it. A part of me feels like they're just allergic to stupid people. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, because I mean, yeah, a, a lot of times they're just 
worried about if they say the wrong thing, if they're mm-hmm. being true to themselves, if they're being honest, if they're calling people on their bullshit, if they're whatever, like what's going to happen? What's going to happen if I say this? What's going to happen if I say that? I don't know. You go to like you go to a BDSM event and you mix and mingle with some of these people. Like I feel generally speaking, not always. All right. This isn't a magic pill or anything. <laughs> but most of the time that anxiety tends to drop because okay. you can just yourself you can truly unapologetically and you know no one's gonna judge you or look at you weirdly or like oh my god what is that guy wearing i mean as long as consent is there yes you're good so that's awesome yeah so what was that first event like like what did you experience in that flea market i was really excited that i saw a vacuum bed for the first time What's a vacuum bed? <laughs> I have never heard of that. You probably have seen it and wondered what it was and probably clicked away real quickly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming you watch porn. Of course I okay. watch porn. Um, so imagine a person completely naked and they're suspended between two thin layers of latex. Um, and that's all that's suspending them. So all the air has been vacuumed out of that space and they are just suspended by the latex itself. So what it does is it creates a. <laughs> I've never if there was seen emoji this over your head right now, it would be like the mind blown emoji. Uh, yeah, so, it's exactly what's happening. <laughs> I didn't yeah, so, my mouth was open. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. So um, what it is is it creates a layer of perspiration between your body and the latex. Okay. And it makes it so much more sensitive. Like okay. you could probably feel someone talking over you. Really? Um, yeah, and and it is um, sensory deprivation as well, and slash sem- sensory play, because there's no you can't see anything. So you're completely covered, completely in submerged. You have a little straw that you breathe out of. That's it. Wow. Some people get really intense and they uh, plug the straw. Um, so yeah, as long as they consent to do it and they're doing it, it's a little hard to use your safe word in that predicament. <laughs> yeah, you're not even just tied up. You're mm-hmm. floated up or whatever. Floated up in latex. It. Yeah, so I, because I've always kind of like wanted to do that, and that's my subby side coming out, um, you know, because that's that's a lot of trust, it's a lot Definitely, of vulnerability, yeah, you know. So I think that that's for me. BDSM is not physical; it's spiritual. Okay. Um, that was, I think, another big time for me is having some scenes that were so good that you really feel like you touch the great glob. Like that's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of people think it's just like about orgasms. Orgasms, I can kind of take them or leave them. Yeah. Like I could do that to myself. Like, so yeah. what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But having a soul connection and like knowing that the person you're with trusts you literally with their life. Yeah. Like, you know, marriage is cool. Like other forms of relationship, awesome. But how often are you in a situation where you're that mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically vulnerable? Yeah. So. Dang, I yeah. love that. So I'm trying to picture this suspension thing. Is it like two big pieces of latex that are like suctioned together? Or is it like a person-shaped latex? Um, I mean, it's about the size of like a rectangular coffin, you know, okay. so it's larger than a body. Um, but it's not like it's huge or anything, you know, perhaps the size of that tapestry, but longer maybe. Okay. Um, both sides. And, and then, then it um, just sucks all the air out of it. Yeah, and you can do it. You don't have to be suspended doing it. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I don't know. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right, in my opinion. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. So so that that was pretty mind-blowing, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, like, years later, being active in BDSM communities across the U.S., I um, used to do a lot of travel. I still do, but COVID and all that. Um, traveling a lot for business. Anytime I would go to a different city, I would, of course, check out their local BDSM community. Um, 
Phoenix used to have an amazing BDSM community. I miss it so much. There's so many memories I have. I could I could talk forever. We could have you could have me on a guest is like 15 times. And I would love get that. Keep coming back. I mean, I could tell you just one that was like really fun. Please. It kind of helped me helped kind of remind me that like my life isn't normal, I guess. Okay. So Horns and Halos fetish events, Scottsdale, Arizona, they used to book an entire hotel, very similar to how we did with the other, um, with the fetish flea, right? Um, that's kind of like a common format, but, and <laughs> so we book out the entire hotel. There's just naked people running around everywhere. I love that. Uh, you walk by, someone's got their windows wide open and they have someone, you know, butt naked, you know, you know, spread open, doing whatever, doing whatever. And people are just enjoying it. You know, if there was, you could probably make money if you were selling popcorn. Let's just put it that way. right? (laughs) Um, You know, lots of eye candy, just amazing people, all open, honest, like great with consent. Most all of them fantastic with consent. Um, And (laughs) so the parties go like all night. I've always been an a night owl like even my mother had a hard time putting me to sleep you too (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i love that yeah even my mother like had a hard time like putting me to sleep as a baby so you know yeah i have a circadian rhythm disorder or whatever maybe that's just what i tell myself but um at any rate so the party goes all night um we usually always end up at the pool which it's a pretty enclosed area in scottsdale hedges all around the pool most people are pretty much naked just hanging out in the pool pretty much all the way until sunrise um Worth, I'm thinking nothing of it. There's a pizza guy that kind of comes through the gate, <clears throat> and he's kind of bringing the pizza. And he's like, "Oh, someone order!" Oh, 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 oh. And he like almost drops the pizza, turns around, runs out the gate, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Is that guy's problem." Oh my god! I'm so confused. We're just like, "What just?" And I looked around, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh. everyone's naked!" <laughs> I'm like, "People don't see this every day." Yeah, that's so, so funny. Yeah. Getting back into your magical world that you're involved in, how old were you when you realized that you may like these things and that maybe something was just like you weren't about the classic vanilla life? Yeah. Uh, Are we talking about witchcraft right now or are we talking about BDSM or what are we talking about? BDSM. Okay. Uh, BDSM, probably when I realized, I didn't even know that there was a word for it, but when I realized I was non-monogamous. So in um, probably even in middle school, but mostly in high school, um, okay. I had a long-term partner. We were on, it was like three years and like a year and a half was like on and off. And during that on and off period, you know, I met someone, we kind of hit it off. Um, and, you know, my ex wanted to get back in my life and I'm like, okay, fine, but I'm seeing this person, you know, you know what, you two should meet. That would be great. Cause I think you two would totally hit it off. And of course they did. We mm-hmm. hung out. They had a great time. Everything was wonderful. It was fantastic. Um, and then afterwards I asked, you know, my ex, you know, so what do you think? How'd it go? Oh, yeah, it was good. She's awesome. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, fuck you. You want to fuck her? I hate you. Blah, blah, blah. She's issuing death threats to this girl in school. What? Like all kinds of crap. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. God damn. Whoa. Like I know that we're like 17, 18 at this point or whatever, but like can you grow up please? Yeah. You know, like can't we just talk? Yeah. You know? Um, so I didn't know that it was called something. I didn't know like it had a term. Um, probably until years later that I started going to like poly meetups and stuff in Boston. So um and that was really neat to get that like affirmation. Um 
It was really cool whenever I met my first hot poly people too. Ooh, let's hear about <laughs> that. Because like a stereotype for every type of person, you know. So there's like a poly stereotype, but yeah. So there's a um, it's a place called Shot in the Dark, or am I confusing Shot in the Dark for a different coffee shop somewhere else? My brain is a mess of different destinations, but um, yeah. So this uh, long-standing poly meetup, and um, there was this person that. You know, super bubbly, wanted to introduce me to their partners, and they were awesome and smoking hot, invited me back to their place, and that was cool. That was the first time I learned about um, clothing optional spaces, because I was really confused. Um, okay. She walked me into her home, and she's like, yeah, so some of my partners are on this floor, some of my partners are on that floor. So I'm, I'm walking through the front door, I'm shutting the door, and I see a, um, I see a sign on the door that says, don't forget your clothes. And I'm like, <laughs> so I stopped and I was like, what's this about? And she's like, oh yeah, you know, there's a clothing optional place. And she just kind of casually walks upstairs. I'm like, what? what? I'm like, no, c- explain this to me. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, you see that coat rack right there? I was like, yeah. Um, she's like, well, we usually just do this. And she just takes off her clothes and throws it on the rack. And she's like, that way, whenever we go to like, because there's been a few times that they've gone out to like check the mail or whatever and not thinking about it because they're just so used to the casual nudity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they had to like literally like put the clothes, cloth, clothing rack there and get naked there and put the sign on the door so that they didn't like get the police called on them or yeah. something. So, um, yeah, so that was cool. Um, I still have a, uh, and yes, I do sleep with it every single night and no fucking shame. Um, a little stuff, stuffed animal. Um, one of her partners like Cute. made these, yeah, she gets like, um, stuffed bears from thrift stores and what have you. And she turns them into mythical creatures. So, what? Yeah. So she put this little beak and these wings on this teddy bear. So Cute. now it's a griffin. So it's my oh. griffin. I've had, him, I've had him forever. Does so. he have a name? Griffin. Griffin? Yep. I like y. that. Very cool. Yeah. Very creative. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's really awesome. I try to like track down that artist. But this is like a really old memory. You know, like I said, I was maybe 20. Believe it or not, I'm almost 40 now. So, okay. Yeah. So like 20 years ago or so. Just a couple years, not Just that too long. Just a couple years, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. So then, how was your family when you started to be more open with all this and go on this journey? <laughs> what What are their views and what did they think? Uh, kind of, it was kind of a your fault, no your fault scenario. Okay. <laughs> because my parents set out to, um, I, I half joke around that we're kind of like the biker Brady bunch, <laughs> <laughs> because I was basically born on the back of a Harley. Um, okay. But biker families. I think most of them, but especially mine, are not what most people think that they are. Okay. Um, at least in my family, a lot of love, a lot of respect, like great communication. You know, we can't have a single conversation without saying I love you. Oh, that's like, good. Like that's just how I was raised. You know, I'm pretty okay. close with my parents. You know, we've had on and off periods. Yeah. Know? Not that I was ever a teenager, but. Um. What do you mean by that? You said that <laughs> twice now that you weren't a teenager. Well, you know, teenagers know it all, mm-hmm. you know, so I was never like that. I was, I've always been humble. Oh, you know, I like that. Okay. Um. But yeah, so um, they always set out to, they aspired to let their children be free thinking, passionate, you know, beings. They didn't want to force religion on us. They claimed that, but later on in life, which leads to the church topic. Um, but uh, like, it's kind of funny. We call them dadisms. My dad does and says really weird things. Like okay. he's, he's really quirky. Both of my parents are pretty quirky. But um, something that <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell you about a memory from my childhood related to this. So my older brother was like, oh, my God, I know what they said. I know what they said. And we're like, what did they say? 
because my father has his like own little like dad language. Okay. Um, whenever my mother's anywhere near him, he's like, he's like, mother, 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 mother. And she knows that that's code for he wants to like cop a feel, yeah. right? So she'll come over and she'll kind of snuggle with him and he'll, he'll do his thing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a little weird for children to grow up in that environment, I'm sure. But, um, and he'd, he'd say, he'd like say this weird gibberish. And, I never, I didn't know what the fuck he was saying, but my older brother's like, oh my God, I heard it. I heard it. I know what he said. I know what he said. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, mom, uh, like, honey, I want some honey on my stinger. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So years later, my very first business was selling sex toys, direct sales. Okay. Um, so yes, I used to sling a lot of dildos and personal lubricant. I love that. Um, that's how I got started in kind of sex ed, I guess you could say. And, um... Uh, I was running this business with my uh, my partner at the time, and Athena's Home Novelties by Serenity and John. Like that was that was our business. Okay. And um, it's a presentation, not demonstration. So it's kind of like the uh, sensi, like the candle parties yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like bachelor parties and stuff like that. But we're like the you know goddess and Adonis couple. You know, Ooh, like, so I love we're the that. young and yeah, the young and hip couple. You know, so we did pretty good in Providence and Boston area. And. Um, <laughs> My mom's friend had a, what was it, like a bachelorette party or something, and wanted to book us. I was like, Mom, are you sure about that? Like, are you coming? She's like, oh, no, I'm not going to go if you guys are going. I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> my mom ends up showing up. I don't know why the hell oh, she decided no. to come. But I'm like, all right, Mom, you, uh, you're risk aware. Buckle you know, up, buttercup. You're going to find out a whole lot more about me than you probably want to know. It was a moment that I pulled out a suction cup dildo that I think my mother had that, oh shit, it was at this moment she knew she was fucked. Um, and I did my bit, the usual bit of, uh, and you know, if you're feeling really squirrely and you're playing with your partner and with your with, with, with your suction cup dildo and you're watching porn, we're standing next to the TV. We always make sure we're standing next to the TV, of course. This is back whenever TVs were like big and heavy. Yeah, um, they're giant cubes. Yeah, you know, they had a little substance to them. And, uh, and we go, you know, you're watching some porn with your partner. It's very good to watch porn with your partner. It's a good bonding experience. And if you ever really got, want to get interactive, you want to have some 3D porn, <laughs> suction cup right on, yes! slap it a couple times. You got you got 3D porn. Oh, my God. And my mom's like, oh, mortified. She's like, oh, does like, wub, 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 wub. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And so that's why I say it was for my parents. It was a, no, your fault, no, your fault. Because <laughs> anytime I talk about, are you sure you want to hear this? They're like, well, we did tell our children we wanted them to be their own individual, free-thinking, free-feeling, loving people. Look yep. at me now, Mom and Dad. And that's how they feel, felt about my arrest, too. They're oh, just, goodness. Yeah, so they supported it, and they knew I probably just wanted to serve my time, do a hunger strike, and yeah, that's an interesting You did a hunger strike? Life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to dive into that? Sure. Um, do you remember, so it was kind of like... Um, so the lockdowns, the global protests, right? Mm-hmm. That was a later incon- uh, like um, uh, version of the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. right? And before that was the earlier version of that, which was like Tannaheim Square, the Occupy movement. I don't know if you remember that. N- Occupy. I don't think so, actually. When Occupy, like Occupy uh, Wall Street. Do you oh, remember okay, any of that? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was. It was literally a global revolution where we're on the precipice of a global revolution. So many times we've been. Um, it's the same fucking thing. Okay. It's a rebel against like uh, government. You know, it's mm-hmm. illegitimate government and trying to have some autonomy and some power. It's all the same fucking thing. Um, 
but I was one of those, uh, you know, crazy people. I'm actually, I don't know how scared you are. I might scare you. What's you might kick me out. Um, I'm actually a reg- registered gang member Ooh. of a dangerous street gang called Occupy Phoenix. Okay. So I have an AKA. I'm in the gang task force and everything. Um, so it was funny how I found out that. Um, so is that a protest? I'm going too far ahead of myself here. I said a protest. Scottsdale, they don't like protests very much. No. No, they don't. I, I was naive. I mean, back then I knew all cops are bastard, but not to that degree. Okay. I figured the couple of bike cops that were riding next to us, between us and the traffic, I figured maybe they're trying to keep us safe. Um, no. Uh, shortly after, you know, seeing them ride by me several times, um, I have someone like mobbing me, like I have a mob of people coming at me and slamming me on the ground. Oh my um, gosh. I, there's video footage on YouTube of me being brutalized by police. Um, so yeah, I could link it to it later if you want. Um, oh my God. And uh, yes, yeah, so slam on my face on the ground by my hair, glasses broken, never got my, or no, I didn't get my broken glasses back. I didn't get my corporate American flag or my um, tongue web piercing back. Fuckers, I still want that shit. But um, yeah, it was interesting time for sure. But uh, yeah, it was a snatch and grab. Did they say it was targeted? Anything to they you? They never, just no. came out of they left never field said and just attacked anything. you. Never said anything. And like I have, I have blind spots. I have long hair. I had mm. long hair back then too. Yeah. Um, and they just rushed me. So I just I went like this. I was freaking out. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. So the media, I just here to say, the media lies to you, and they will crop things to make them oh, lurk, look certain ways. So for years after that, my parents unfortunately are TV addicts, and they mm-hmm. watch news. You know the trailers whenever they open the news, and it says, you know, like uh, you know, news at ten live footage, kind of a blah blah blah. Yeah, and it's all they this just flashy. throw things. Yeah, at they you? just throw shit, right? Um, the local news here, I don't know if there's. I wouldn't be surprised if they're still using my likeness for this. Um, but there's a, a footage of me going like this and my ha- hair flailing back because I was scared shitless because cops are rushing at me. But the way that they did it, it he looks like I'm about to punch a cop. About to punch a cop. Yeah. And so like, gotta get that sizzle. Attacks yeah. cop. Yep. So that was that was interesting for sure. Um, but anyway, I found out I had an AKA and that I had like they had like an entire like file on me um, when I was in there. I don't know. If, have you ever been to um, the Matrix, uh, the prison? Or anything? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Have you heard about how it's set up? No. Okay. So uh, for those that are thinking it'll be easy to get out of this situation, I'm just telling you, they have what they call the matrix. So it's a series of different cells um, in this massive complex. Okay. And it, they're like kind of like um, semi-public cells. So you're in a really cold room, uh, no blankets, no pillows. Like if you find a, a thing of toilet paper, make sure you grab it because you're going to want that for not one to wipe your ass when you need to and yes you're going to be shitting in front of people um but you're going to have it under your head too it's like a pillow so you okay. can like kind of get some sleep um just 20 30 people on a hard cold bench freezing cold um and what they do is they just call different people um so they um select the people and then move them to a different cell constantly okay. and they just shuffle you around this massive complex and they do that to confuse you i'm pretty sure they do that to confuse you so you don't you. know where you are exactly. yeah so that okay. if you like find a way to like creep out or something you know and this is just for the processing this is literally just get your fingers printed and for them to find out how long they're going to hold you like this is just a fuck with you so then much. what did they charge you with like what were you air yeah doing it was wrong oh of course they threw like seven or eight things at me um it, it was i only half joke around that i'm a gang member because i jaywalked 
but literally is blocking a thoroughway. I fought this. I, I fought my own court case. I taught myself legalese. I had a paralegal helping me, um, but I fought my own court case. I more or less won it for the most part. They give me like time served or whatever, $1,000 for year court battle. It was not fun. Wow. But they don't tell people if you're arrested at a protest, by the way, I'm here to say in Arizona, if you're arrested for protest, they will label you as a gang member and good luck really? with the rest of your life. They will fuck you. So for peacefully protesting, for peacefully protesting. It was at a very peaceful protest. Ironically enough, I had nothing to do with organizing this one. I did organize a lot of other events. Mm-hmm. Um, but how I found out that I was like in the gang task force database was um, when you're in these cells with these people, they're all really chill, cool people. They're funny as hell. They're all they're just normal people. Yeah. Most all of them completely nonviolent crimes. Like we're talking marijuana and shit. Yeah. You know, stupid stuff. Um, so we're just hanging out, chatting, gossiping, you know, and they're like, oh, what are you in here for? What are you in here for? You know, so it's like a fun thing. We mm-hmm. like to pass each other because all you have is a piece of paper and the clothes you came in and that's it. And um, they're passing it around and, um, oh, wow, what's this blah, blah, blah. And someone's like, what is this up here? I don't have that on my on my sheet. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, this up here. It says AKA GT F blah, 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 something. It says AKA Zenith blah 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 and it has a number and everyone's like what what is that what is that they're like damn what and then someone's like that that's gang task force number um because someone in there was like a legit ass gang member banger and he's like yeah i'm I'm, i got an aka too i was like oh shit okay well then i guess we're the same question mark so after which i you know reach out to aclu and you know paralegal we did a um i can't remember what it's called like a disclosure or something um where they have to release records related to you they still withhold a bunch of stuff but um, they had an entire file on Occupy Phoenix, um, and because we we're out there for a long time, we we're occupying you know government space for a long time to try and like say, hey, yeah. we should get money out of politics. That would be cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so they they targeted me and like one other person as like the leader of yeah this. I I don't no, I don't think I did that much. Like yeah. you're giving me way too much credit. Trust me, they gave me way too much credit for that. But okay, yeah. So police love me. So I, I've, I have video footage of police uh, breaking out the uh, rental car window of uh, a vehicle that I had when I was traveling on a work trip. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Why? <laughs> well, have you ever seen the the, the dog sniffing? Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. looking for contraband, right? Yeah. Um, and it, finally, it's kind of public information now. You can look it up. But they have tells. They, they, they use, like, and I saw it, and I have it on video footage. Like, I could show it to you. Um, they had the because I didn't want to answer stupid questions. Like there was totally. a time that they have, they they'd stop you at the border and they ask you, "Are you a U.S. citizen?" That's unconstitutional. You you can't do that. Oh, like okay. that's that is a sign of a totalitarian government. For you know, stop, hold right there. You're innocent, but show me your papers. Gotcha. Like that's like Nazi Germany type shit. Okay. So America is not supposed to do that. But there was a time that they were doing it, and I was one of those assholes that made it so that now they don't. They just racially po- profile you which is marginally mm-hmm. it's like eh. yeah um now they just look at you and if they think that you're white enough they'll just let you go mm-hmm. um but at least they don't stop every single person and say are you a u.s citizen but um i'm indigenous okay. so i don't identify as like i'm a sovereign individual so i don't identify as that so i was like oh i'm sorry you know i'm, I'm just on my way i, I don't answer questions and like oh you gotta answer my question right now blah 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 uh, sorry i don't answer questions like you know can i go now am i free to leave you know like i i know my rights i haven't done anything um, and like oh we got to investigate now so they throw the spikes in front of the front of the tires brought a dog out sniff the sniff the car 
um, and I could see the guy. They went around the car like three or four times, and they went around the back again. I'm recording it with my phone, and it goes, and it makes a noise, and the dog goes, I'm like, motherfucker, I just saw that. I recorded that. You told him to bark. Yep. Yeah, so they kept me for several hours and, of course, didn't find anything. They claimed that it might have been bomb material or something. I had a bunch of, um, like, I guess you could say political papers. Um, I used to fight for the rights of motorcyclists. Um, okay. Bikers are marginalized and um, uh, profiled a lot, too. Okay. So I worked for a motorcycle accident attorney for a while. But, yeah, so I've done some interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so I got video of them breaking out the window, glass flying in my face. Um, yeah, it was crazy time. Crazy oh my time. God. That's wild. Yeah. Professional free spirit. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Breaking chains, huh. breaking norms. I, I mean, it comes at a heavy cost, you know? Truly, so. truly. Yeah, so sure. when you were in jail for the protest, how long were you in there for? Um, so I don't identify as my, my slave fiction, the name that was like assigned to me at birth, like mm-hmm. John Edward Rodriguez the third, like who the fuck is going to remember that name? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not mine. It's like a hand-me-down. Okay. I mean, I love my grandfather, you know, but, um, that was the slave name that was given to him. Yeah. He's indigenous, hundred percent Apache native American. Okay. Um, so he had to assimilate and go into fight the war, world war two in order to not be forced on the reservation. Oh, okay. And he destroyed all like paperwork attaching, um, my bloodline to his indigenous blood because he didn't know what what happened to his children you know what i mean so he did a really good job of like wiping the records as far as that goes i have pictures still with him so if anyone wants to argue like that i'm not indigenous it's like okay well let me show you pictures of me and my grandfather but um but at any rate so that name i don't use and i didn't use that i feel like it was actually on the it was in the back of the paddy wagon when we th- they threw me in um, that I decided I'd finally earned my true name. And um, so I, I, you know, I passively, peacefully resisted them while I was in the prison cell. So they were probably only going to hold me overnight. It mm-hmm. was a Friday. So that would have been the weekend. Um, but I, I did a hunger strike and I wouldn't respond whenever they were calling me by that name. Uh, they wanted to take my picture. It's against my religion. Like, sorry, you need my consent. I do not want to have my picture taken. Um, so whenever they tried to put me in front of the camera, I sat down. Um, so they tried to get my, so they don't have technically a mugshot of me. Okay. They unconstitutionally did it. Um, they tried to use a cam- camera footage of me while I was in there from the oh, and just from the prison like take a screenshot. and use that. Yeah, and use that <clears throat> as my mugshot. So it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, at any rate, so I. It was fucked up. It was bullshit. Like, I literally did nothing wrong. They never issued any orders. Yeah. Blocking a thoroughway is what they said. And whenever you look up the legal definition of blocking a thoroughway, it's lying, sleeping, or sitting in a freeway, in a, in a roadway. It's not what I was doing. I was walking. You were walking. Yeah. Traveling is supposed to be common law. It's supposed to be a constitutional right. Yeah. Like, that is the sign of a free society is that people can come and go freely. Mm-hmm. Traveling is supposed to be, you know, like common law, not just commercial law. So, but, uh, yeah, so I, so I fought that a lot Good for four years. So, but they, they're the place that I was at there in Scottsdale was not made for long-term holding. Um, and they knew that I wasn't eating, um, and I wouldn't talk either. I, I, I told them, give me a pen and paper. Cause I knew anything that I could say would be held against me. Yeah. So I want to make sure if I had something to say, I wanted to yeah. think it out and make sure that I'm writing it. That's really smart. I wrote it in a circular pattern. 
um, because to make sure that if they try to crop something out, they can't like crop something out and take me out of context. You know, oh if you just God, write that's... certain lines, they could just cut it wherever they want. That think is about such it, right? a smart idea. Yeah. So I wrote around here. I'm being illegally detained. I, 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 I'm kidnapped. No one is telling me what's going on. I still haven't had a phone call. Like all of my grievances, I wrote it in, in that circular pattern. I do spell work in that same way now too. Okay. So I didn't think I was doing, like, I think that, you know, like there's so many things from my like past that I look back and I'm like, okay, like my grimoire, you know, like I started making a room. I didn't know it was a grimoire back then. You know, so many things that I was doing with spell work and I didn't realize it, but I'm moving all over the place now. I hope this is okay. Oh no, I love it. Yeah. But, um, at any rate, so did the hunger strike. They're like, shit, you know, like, you know, we're not made for long, long-term holding. Like we don't even have like food or anything. You're not responding. So we're just going to have to take you to, to the prison, you know, instead of just the jail. Um, you know, Joe Opio's prison. Oh like, my gosh, the tent city? Tent city. Yeah. So I went to tent city for a couple of days. So I didn't do, I, w- I wasn't in the tent area. Mm-hmm. Again, they just run, ran me through the matrix for like a day and a half, two days. And then come Monday, they kicked me out um, eventually. Like, So it was like a whole week long process? Um, no, it was, I think the whole thing was like four and a half days pretty much, I think. That is if so I remember correctly. sounding though. If I, I could be wrong. I mean, this was so long ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Was this 2006, 2008, 2011? I can't remember. But it was a while ago. Dang. Yep. Yeah. And that was uh, that's how I found out my wife was, well, how I got the finality to the fact that my wife was going to divorce me was um, in uh, in jail. They called me stupid. They're like, hey, stupid, because I wouldn't respond whenever they're like trying to talk to me because they're trying to incriminate you. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. Um, so I wouldn't respond. I'd just say, fuck off <laughs> yeah, just give me a pen and paper give me a pen and paper and i'll write oh i'm not gonna give you a pen your day okay whatever what fuck? then you're not gonna get shit from me yeah um but yeah he, he knocks on the door hey stupid your wife called she's wondering where the car is and she she wants a divorce shuts it that's how i kind of oh, like got the no. finality then, yeah yeah and i was going through a lot of stressful shit and um so that business at the time i was doing talent management back then that was my first version of that business uh primal talent enterprises and um I had a lot of talent. I had a decent roster. Things were going pretty good. But dealing with the divorce and with the arrest mm-hmm. um, and moving from the nice house that we're in to not knowing where you live in, I was I was under a lot of pressure. I made a yeah. lot of mistakes. I fucked up a lot yeah. um, with the relationships that I had, business relationships that I had. I let everyone out of the contract. You know, we worked things out. I made right for any of the major mistakes I made years later. Um, but uh, it was tough. I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. So for sure. I was nursing a broken heart for a long time. Um, not only just, so I don't know, um, have you built a lot of businesses? Um, I would say this is my first like real business mm-hmm. that I've been building. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, telling you losing a business is like losing a child. It really hurts. I could imagine, you know, so whenever I, I was going through the divorce, um, I, I went headlong. Everyone everyone deals with things their own way. I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was doing this, but I went headlong into the talent management company. So I, because I didn't want to go back to like working for someone else. I fucking hate working for other people. I feel that. Even in the health field, I didn't want to go back to polysomnography. So I, um, I said, I really want to build this business. And she said, well, you know, that ain't going to work for me. She wanted that healthcare or whatever. So I get it. I'm sure she felt like I was being apathetic or whatever. Yeah. But, um, People change sometimes, you know? Yeah, it and does. It's part of life. Unfortunately, we were very compatible, and then 
sometimes you, people just change. Yeah. Life goals change, I guess. And but mine didn't. <laughs> so, so there you go. I just you kept know? going. Just kept checking on. Just kept going. So. And you're not married now, correct? No. No. I, I, well, kind of. Um, I'm married to myself. I so. love that. Yes. So this is wedding ring from my marriage. That's so cool. The first one. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, after the divorce, I was like, all right, I'll take it to the pawn shop. And I was like, hey, buddy, take it off my hands. A hundred bucks. Have it. I don't need it. Resell it or something. He's like, what the hell am I going to do with that? I'm half joking, by the way. I was going to say, he's yeah. like, going to cut off your <laughs> finger. He has a, a tattoo on no, his ring finger. It's just one of my stupid quips. But um, but yeah, so I, I've done a lot of thinking about about this. Okay. Like, what do you do with this? I mean, luckily, I'm, poly, I'm polyamorous. I'm relationship anarchist, so it's not like it really like affects my like dating life or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to date like vanillas or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, the more I think about it, the more I realize that I have a purpose. I'm I'm here for a reason, and that needs to be my wife, husband, yeah. partner, whatever you want to call it. So that's really cool. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I feel because then. I feel like you've had to have done a lot of self-discovery and mm-hmm. self-reflection to like really look inward and find your purpose and find what you want. And if you Very don't so. love yourself, how can you love anybody mm-hmm. else? Yeah. And this is something that I talk about a lot is that we're on the precipice of three major revolutions right now. Okay. Like a lot of people think revolutions are something that just kind of happened a long time ago and it happened in a blink of time. No, it's a long progressive thing. And we are near the end of three major global revolutions. The um, animal rebellion, the speciesist revolution, the consumer rebellion um, that is bringing on Web web 4.0, and we're on the edge of the self-love revolution. Because if you really think about it, like how many people do you know that are moving towards, I don't know, witchcraft? Yeah. Towards scarlet collar work? Yeah. You know, like we are moving towards that. We're starting to see through not only television and the billboards, but even social media is a mask. Yeah. And a lot of people are doing more real things like this. Yeah. You know? And, um, the more that we're able to, it's not independence and it's not dependence. It's interdependence is the solution. That Mm. is, yeah. If you're unfamiliar with interdependence, that is the key. And I try and govern my life by interdependence. Okay. Can Um, you explain that more? Yeah. So like, um, there's codependency, yeah. right? And then there's, and that that is often seen as a very negative thing because it is, and yeah. unfortunately it's rampant. Um, I went to from my divorces and everything and all the stuff that I've gone through my divorce. Um, I realized it was a mentor of mine. He was wise enough to not try and argue with me. I was naive and egoic at that time, but he said, "You know, everything you're talking about, I really wanted to be his mentee." I'm pretty sure that's codependency. It's like, oh, no, 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 I don't have codependent. No, no, no. He's like, I think you should read this book. Oh, no, 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 I don't need that book, blah, blah, blah. I never heard from him again. I tried to reach out to him again. He didn't He didn't want to bother with me. Okay. Uh, part of me was angry f- about that for years, but the more I look back at it, like I'm super fucking grateful for that. It took years later for me to realize what he did. Okay. But it was it was the right thing to do because okay. I just wasn't ready for that truth yet. Yeah. Um, but I did end up going, okay, you know, I'm going to go to these, you know, I got a life coach. Um, she's amazing. I totally shout her out right now. If I, you know, yeah, mind. totally, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Nadine Sable Sky. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's the naked life coach. Ooh, I kid you not. It's clothing optional. I know it sounds different than what it is. She's amazing. Okay. And if if you hear this, like, hit up Nadine, Nadine Sable Sky, the naked life coach, nakedlifecoach.com. Tell her that Zenith Sanguine sent you, and she'll probably hook you up. No promises. 
she'll probably hook you up. Okay. But I'd consider her a friend. And besides pasta, she was one of the other major influencers that saved my life. Okay. Yep. Pasta and Nadine saved my life. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say pasta, you're talking about the pastas. Pastas. I know I'm not going to say it right. Pastafarian. The what? The pasta. <laughs> How do you say? It? <laughs> yes, pastafarian. Okay, talk yes. to me about all of this because I am very intrigued. Greetings, Rose of the Information Age. I am yours, unruly, most blasphemous preachers, and and I'm here to share the ways. Share. Of the supreme, yes, ramen, the supreme carbohydrate, the one, the only, the true. Okay, fine, there are other gods, but our god is the most delicious one. I mean, would <laughs> you want to eat Jesus? Think about it. No. No, what about Buddha? What do you want to eat Buddha? He does have some fat on him. Oh, well, you know, but but I don't think he's as delicious as pasta. No, definitely no, not like pasta. No, no. Yes, yes, yes. So we're here to share the way of the one creator that created all other creators. Uh, if you don't consider yourself religious, you'd like to try pastafarianism, you can try it for 30 days. And if you don't like it, <laughs> your God will most likely take you back. <laughs> I warned you things would get weird. I love it. Yes. So it's a little thing that I've been doing lately. It's kind of like a little alter ego. I did it as a joke. I did it as a joke, but it was a really dark time in my life. Okay. Very dark time in my life, about a little over a year ago. And I survived the pandemic. I was one of those weirdos that prepped for years and years and years way before the pandemic because I said shit's going to hit the fan. And, mm-hmm. oh, you're a fucking conspiracy theorist. Everything that I said, guess what? It came true. I'm still waiting for those fucking apologies for the people that bullied me all those years, by the way. I still haven't heard any apologies. Uh, but, yeah, so we were right. And um, so luckily I had my preps, went out in the middle of the desert, no heat, no hot water, nothing, and survived for about two and a half weeks whenever shit really hit the fan when the riots were going on and everything was going wow. on in every major, major city. I hit, got the shit out of Dodge and um, try to encourage my parents to come with me. They wouldn't, um, you know, can't force people to do what they're not ready yeah. to do. Um, so whenever I came back, you know, I went, took, took care of them, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, of course... Going from decent income, traveling all over the world, getting paid to do that, going to, it's not like people are going to hire you for events during global pandemic, yeah. you know? So having no income, lost my car, and that was kind of like everything for me. You know, I was more or less living out of it at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's been tough. Been tough. So I've been kind of like trying to build my way up, back up from there. Okay. Luckily, I started the Scarlet Collar work just before I, just before all that shit happened. Um, so that be, that was a side thing that became the main thing. Okay. So I'm really glad that we did that because, like, literally I would have died. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So I survived it. A year or two later, you know, still struggling, having a hard time, feeling really depressed, feeling really down, um, you know, and I, I told people closest to me, I'm going to kill myself. 40th birthday i know how i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna tell you how i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna do it okay. and i'm just saying this because i acknowledge that when people make that choice they're often maybe months away from things changing for them radically mm-hmm. and and maybe there's a couple things they could have done to help so i'm doing this because i'm saying there is a clock ticking okay and i want to do everything from now until that point to make sure that i mean it because I want to mean it. I yeah. want people to be okay with it yeah. if I choose to do it. I think that even life in and of, of itself is a choice. Definitely. And I hope people respect that. Yeah. You know, so 
they didn't like hearing that, of course. Of course. Um, and their natural inkling was to do whatever they felt was helpful, which was cling to, you know, the white dude with the beard. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It still confuses the shit out of me, but whatever. Um, and, and like, I always identified as I didn't know what my faith was. Um, but they feel like, oh, you need to come to God, come to church, and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, your fucking God is creepy. Like, there's a blood cult. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, you do weird shit to children and animals. Mm-hmm. And so now, something that I say in the church is, um, <clears throat> I gotta get back in the headspot. That's what. You see here, the FSM Revival Church of ZD. We invite all people of all stripes. We are here for the skeptics and the Unitarians and the pirates and the witches of the ZD faith. However, we'll even invite the Catholics and the Christians and the Muslims. They're welcome here. We'll just keep a close eye on them because they like to do weird things to children and animals. So just help me out. Keep a close eye on them, please. Okay. It's a little thing like that. I know it's mockery. And yes, it is because the flying speed monster. I'm sorry. The only thing funnier and weirder than a lot of face out there is something like a flying spaghetti monster. So why the fuck not? You know, if there is a creator, you got to be honest. They made the duckbill platypus. Have you seen a fucking platypus? They're pretty cute. They are cute and they are weird as fuck. They know. Did you know that they glow in the dark? No way. Yeah. What like all and they have like three different sex organs or something weird? No, that they're like a like a fluorescent color and stuff. There's so many weird things about a duckbill platypus. And they, like, lay eggs even though they're a mammal. Like, there's so many things that are weird about them. Okay. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like, the creator created evil and God and, and like, hell maybe? Like, but if they're omniscient and omnipotent, can't they just, like, wave their hand and delete Satan? Exactly. You'd think that they could, right? It'd be too easy. Uh, yeah, but, but like, if they can't, then what does that say about Satan? Mm-hmm right you gotta think about that so but at any rate um they said okay well you know if you're not gonna come to god like who are you gonna come to um i said well you know god is cool or whatever but lilith is a whole lot hotter so i'd rather come to her (laughs) i mean come on i was waiting for a joke of some sort Uh, i'm I'm telling you (laughs) you're not wrong Uh, you're uh, not wrong you seen lilith yeah she's a babe Uh, yeah but at any rate so um, I told them, well, I have a faith. And they're like, okay, well, what is your faith? And I tried to explain it. I talked about Gaia. Um, okay. And I talked about, well, my indigenous roots, um, pagan roots, right? Mm-hmm. The indigenous are pagan. They were considered pagans, which is, you know, shamans, whatever you want to call them. Um, but I couldn't really vocalize it very much. I couldn't really explain it very much. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And the conversation went weird. Um, created a bit of a tension between my family for sure. And... Um, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to figure it out. So I did a lot of research. And um, I was like, you know, Pasifarianism is always really cool. It's always been really cool. Because there was a time when Pasifarianism was first, like, kind of a thing. Like, 2008. Okay. You could drive through any major city. And near the parks where a lot of unsheltered individuals, a lot of homeless individuals um, were, on Fridays you would see people dressed as pirates and giving out pasta to the homeless. Okay. And, um, you know, someone would have signs, you know, like... Um, you know, like he boiled for your sins and things like that. Um, you know, and, and, and like, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, fight global warming, uh, become a pirate and things like that, you know, like okay. really, really thought provoking signs. Um, so of course I had to pull over and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? You know, yeah. after so many fr- Fridays, you have to just see what they're about. Yeah. So I, I was touched by the noodle appendage that day. <laughs> so it's, it's a great conversation starter. If you ever really want to know what a person's like. You just say, I have a question for you. Okay. 
Have you been touched by the noodley appendage? <laughs> I have not, but I want to be. Okay, good. Because don't worry, it's a good touch, not a bad touch. It is consensual, I promise. Okay. And then you tell them about our God back guarantee. Because if you're going to have a religion, it might as well have some sort of guarantee. I love that. And if you're going to have a religion, it might as well be fun. Exactly. Right? What, like The Catholic Church is so fucking boring. So fucking boring. So boring. I mean, you can pick pretty much any religion besides witchcraft, of course, because, I mean, come on. It's so cool fun. Um, but most all religions are so boring. Yeah. Yeah. And like, they just don't have a sense of humor. Like what's their point? You know, mm. it's kind of like, it's like watching a really boring movie and be like, okay, and what next? Exactly. You know? Like, yeah. Like, why am I here? Yeah. I paid for this. Like, but I don't know. Have you ever read the gospel of the flying spaghetti monster? No. Ah, so great. what, you get into it. what do you stand for? ZD dot works backslash Bible. That is Z D Z I T I dot W O R K S backslash B I B L E. Okay. Yeah. So that is the Zedius Bible. Um, so it's technically, they thought it was one book of the canon um, for the Pastafarians. So the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster written by our prophet Bobby Henderson in 2006, I believe. 2005, 2006-ish. It was, uh, it was a protest against the Kansas City Board, I believe. They wanted to teach intelligence design along with science, along with evolution in the school. Okay. Um, and he was a graduate of that school. And he wrote to them, who's probably in his 20s or something, and he wrote to them a very compelling, uh, very, very, so compelling as a matter of fact letter that it went viral. It was one of the early internet memes. Okay. Um, and uh, it talked about, well, that is totally fine if you're going to teach the creation myth or whatever, but there's other creation stories. Let me tell you about this creation story. I was touched by the noodley appendage, the flying spaghetti monster, the sinusoidal waveforms are in everything. This is backed by science. It explains gravity. It explains creation. It explains everything. And if you don't think that this is real, then I ask you, what's the evidence for your faith? You know, it's basically what the letter was. Okay. I'm horribly paraphrasing this, of yeah. course. Look it up yourself. Bobby Henderson, Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. That original letter became our gospel because he was so inspired by the noodley appendage. I mean, that shit is delicious. The sauce <laughs> is, I'm telling you, there's nothing like the sauce. The sauce is everything, okay? They say the spice is life. No, it's the spice in the sauce is life. Spice in the sauce. You got to have good sauce. You got to have good sauce, right? Taste comes from plants anyway. So, I mean, think about it. But at any rate, so... Um, that spawned the internet meme that went crazy and people wearing colanders on their heads and all yes. kinds of stuff, right? Um, the canon came out, so that was written by the Council of the Olive uh, Council of Olive Garden. So that a lot of people anointed themselves as more or less prophets of this faith, okay. and they wrote. So shit went crazy at that point, and that's why they called it the loose canon, right? Get it? Canon spelled <laughs> canon, not canon. And um, yeah, so that was the second book, and. So when I looked into it, I'm like, yeah, I want to reread this book. And, you know, because I kind of knew about it. It was fun. It was cute, you know. Um, and I was like, shit, there's a third book out. Did you know that there's a New Testament of the Apostolarian faith? I did not. Yeah. Did, did you, listener, know that there's a New Testament? Well, now more people know because I've been organizing for the last year. And one of our major accomplishments has been updating the Wikipedia. I know people are like, oh, Wiki's not a good so Okay. Have you ever tried to change a fucking Wikipedia page? <laughs> Have you? No. This is a genuine question. I Listener, have, have you? So any motherfucker, all right? This is to those people that are ignorant as fuck and think that Wikipedia is not because anyone can go. No, motherfucker, okay? You're going to go in there and what's going to happen is the like 500 people that helped write that page before because it was a group project and they all put together resources. Um, they're all going to get a ping. And it's going to be like, this person just trying to change it to this. Do you agree with this? Oh. 
and they're going to go in and be like, ah, uh, no, I'm sorry, you need more references, or you yeah. know, let's change the wording, blah, blah, blah. You're going to trust Merriam-Webster. Do you know who Merriam-Webster is? I do not. It's a it's a single person. It's like, how do they know everything? That is so true. Uh, I, so I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I trust like a lot of people. Versus one. Versus one. Mm-hmm. So, but... The bottom line is Wikipedia is not a dictionary, of course. It is an aggregate of information. But at any rate, it took us almost a year to update the Pastafarian, like the uh, Pastafarianism Wikipedia page to include the third book. But it was written by Violet Johnson out of Guam. She answered a Craigslist ad from the Flying Spaghetti Monster who was looking for a writer. Out of Guam. I was yep. born there. You were really? Yeah, I have the, the coordinates of the hospital tattooed oh. on my arm. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yes. You you might know a prophet. Okay. Yes. Her name is Violet Johnson. Okay. And she wrote the New Testament Dinner 2.0 for the Unitarian Church of Pasta. Okay. So she spawned uh, an entire separate movement, I guess you could say. Um, and I was blown away. My parents wanted an answer. I found that and I started reading it and I was like, okay. Because she... I like the gospel. It's funny. Um, it's probably about 60% nonsense. Okay. Because um, it's funny. They want to catch your attention. It's, yeah. it's satire. It is a true satire. Um, but there's a lot of good shit in there. Like I said, it's 60% nonsense. That means there's 40% nutrition in there. I'm telling you. There is. It's a delicious dish. Okay? Okay. Try it. Just try it. Don't judge it before you try it. Okay? That's what they said about butt sex. Like, you just have to try it <laughs> exactly. first. Okay? Lots just go of slow. Lube. <laughs> Lots of lube. Go slow. Okay? Communicate. You got to communicate as you do this. You know? So, it helps to have a preacher that is going to do good touches, not bad touches. Right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not that type of preacher. But at any rate, that, that's, a different, that's a different part of things. Okay. I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> at any rate. It. Yes. So, so... I found that faith, read the New Testament, because the New Testament just, like, takes the good stuff and just extrapolates onto it and just okay. makes it better. Um, and I feel like she was writing to witches, not pirates. Interesting. Um, and whenever you really look into the gospel, you find that even Bobby says at the end, uh, it even says at the end, like, um, credit goes to Robert Henderson for making the tie between global warming and pirates. Okay. So whole pirate things. Humans are fallible, you know? Like humans are fallible. So Bobby, I'm not I'm not trying to diss you. I'm just trying to say you're mortal. And maybe you misinterpreted the flying spaghetti monster with the whole like pirate thing. Okay. I think he probably just really liked pirates at that time. I mean a twenty <laughs> twenty two year old, you know, kid from, cool. from Kansas. Yeah. Pirates are cool, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. But are they supernatural? No. No. Because no. in the gospel it says Pastafarianism is the natural, so science, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine two circles. Um, I don't know if anyone can see this now, but imagine two circles. Um, one is the natural and one is the supernatural. Okay. You bring those two circles together until they overlap a little bit. There's a wedge in the center. That is FSMism. Okay, that is flying spaghetti monsterism. Okay. They want to merge the natural with the supernatural. There's things that we can't explain or there's inconsistencies in our book. We're just going to use the same excuse as other face. We're just going to say, you know, our glob works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Right? Why not? Yeah. Probably not, right? Um, or we could just say, you know, don't take it so literally, right? Yeah. That's what everyone says whenever, you know, you call out the weird shit in their books. So, um, but yeah, I mean, who's more supernatural, a pirate or a witch? A witch. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the the thought process behind this is we share like 90, 99.7% of our DNA to, um, you know, the great apes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we share 99.99998 
90% of our DNA with pirates. But like, I'm sure we share the same amount of DNA with witches, don't we? And witches yeah. are supernatural and they're the protectors of the earth, aren't they? When are, yeah. when are pirates fighting for fighting global warming? Like, does that, that make sense true. to you? Yeah. But uh, pagans, witches, indigenous, they are the protectors of the earth, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, last I knew, maybe Definitely. I just read my witchcraft wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that there was a little misinterpretation from both prophets. I'm not a prophet. I'm just a lowly preacher. Okay. I'm not trying to claim that the flying spaghetti monster speaks through me. I just read their words and our sect, the FSM Revival Church of Zidi, we speak to the witches. Okay. Yep. So when you first read the books, what stuck out to you that you felt like really stuck with you and resonated within you? Thing that stuck out the most to me. I'm sure you and anyone else hearing me right now is like, oh, it's complete hogwash. There's nothing in it. I can say just read the condiments. Okay. okay. Um, there was 10. Mosey was probably drunk and a little clumsy. He dropped two of the tablets, <laughs> which accounts for our uh, flimsy morality. But the Zedius Church, uh, I'm not saying that we have, but I'm pretty sure we found the lost two tablets. Okay. So that does make us a little bit different. But the thing that really rocked my world was not only the condiments, right? But it's also, and yes, I, I am meaning to say condiments. In case I figured, yes. Right. I was making sure you knew that. <laughs> As a joke on the Ten Commandments, the Ten Condiments. Uh, Mosey was, he was a short order cook. Okay. You know, so he, he was, he thought that the Flying Spaghetti Monster said condiments, but mm-hmm. it was probably commandments. Okay. You know, things get lost in translation. Yeah. It's very important to know this. Um. But yeah, whenever I realize it's about science, it's about string theory and M theory. And from my understanding, M theory hasn't been debunked. It is a theory of everything. What's M theory and string theory? Um, everything, this table, you, me, this air we're breathing, it's sound waves. It's all waveforms. Okay. And what do waveforms look like? Little strings, don't they? Okay, okay. Yeah, everything, you, like subatomic particles are worlds of energy. Okay. And around that, those worlds of energy is literally just sound waves. That look like waves spaghetti. connect us together. That's it. Okay. Sine and cosine waveforms. Um, Euler's formula. Um, and again, like a string theory was kind of semi-debunked um, because it didn't account for, I think it didn't account for gravity or something like that. I'm still studying this. I've been studying this for a while, but it's, I mean, we're talking about like yeah. the heaviest topics of physics, you know, here. Um but M theory is more or less what kind of semi-replaced string theory. And it shows that not only is our universe made up of st- basically spr- strings, um, but it's more like a glob. It's more like an undulating glob okay. on a ocean that's undulating. Okay. Yeah. So there's like lots of different universes that are all on this kind of like a web. Interesting. It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. But yeah, like I didn't like... That book is genius. Like, okay. Because again, we're talking two thousand like two thousand six, and he tied this faith to string theory. Interesting. So to to read that was just like okay. Like at this point, like honestly, um, I may or may not have um, had some um, delicious mushrooms that day. Whenever <laughs> I I did reach out to you know the other Raven, mm-hmm. and and I just said. It, it's all true. Like, it's yeah. all true. There are some people that, I'd say most Pasifarians, like, oh, it's for the fun, and you're trolling religious, ultra-religious people, mm-hmm. you're fighting dogma, which is a noble cause. Um, and then there's people like me. Um, I do take it a little bit more seriously. So the caricature, yes, it's a caricature, 
And I want you to think it's just a caricature. Yeah. And then we can talk about M theory. Okay. So it's it's based off of science mm-hmm. and like looking at what we're made of in matter and breaking yep. everything down. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know. If we're made in the image of God and we're all just made of globs and strings, what looks more like globs and strings? Jesus? God? Or the flying spaghetti monster? Flying spaghetti monster. That makes a lot of sense. Mm, just saying. That's so. really interesting. Yeah, I've I've heard about it and I've seen I remember there's a couple years back a guy was able to get his driver's license mm-hmm. picture with a thing on and people Calling were him. losing their minds yeah. about it and yeah. it's I so just... important though. It's like there's over a thousand different gods. There's over four thousand different religions. The probability that your god is the one is one in one thousand. Yeah. The probability that your version of that faith yeah. is one in four thousand. So what makes your fucking face so goddamn special that you have to call mine fake? Exactly. Like, unless you can, because I can prove mine. Yeah. Mine's based in science. Disprove M theory, we will talk. Yeah. But if you can't, shut the front door and shut the fuck up, both kindly, not so kindly. Yeah. And then when you think about it, it's kind of like thinking about like white people coming to american and telling telling natives like oh what you believe is wrong yeah it's like well it's the exact same thing like how can you prove and and i I gotta be honest i almost feel like generational trauma skipped a generation in my family okay because my father is hispanic and indigenous like that's his bloodline like his mother is mexican his father is 100 percent apache native american um, he assimilated into American culture because his grandfather did for safety. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you've been to a res, but if you had a choice to go and fight for an American war or go to the res, times were crazy back then. I yeah. got to imagine what what my grandfather went through. I did, mm-hmm. It took me years to understand what the fuck happened. Yeah. You know, but I feel like, like, why don't my parents think about that shit? And like, why are they praying to the white God? Yeah. Like that. God is responsible for so many horrible things. Yeah. So many horrible things. I'm not even going to go into them. And the punishment of your people. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, there are still two major holocausts that are going on right now. And I'm not just being sensationalist. People want to talk about over there in Germany and stuff like that, right? And, like, people get really irate when you talk anything about anything related to that holocaust. Mm-hmm. But there's two that are going now. Which are? So few people are talking about Missing and murdered indigenous women, the water protectors, okay. like the pillaging and raping of the earth and of the indigenous people. I still carry guilt that I didn't go out there to, to fight the XL pipeline. And of course, since then, it has burst, just yeah. like we said it would. Yeah. And, but I, I, I wanted to go out there. I wasn't able to make it, but so many people did, and we were all right. You know, another one of those conspiracy theories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the indigenous, like, I mean, some of that stuff is coming out. I walked through the front door. We started talking about a certain someone, you know, that makes a certain types of shoes that is all over mains. You know, people are talking about, you know, these mm-hmm. elite pedophile rings. Yeah. And like, you know, the Jocelyn Maxwell case, it's strange to have a, a court case where you try the person, you find them guilty, but you can't bring forward the evidence that brought them made yeah. them guilty. Like, yeah it's, where's the list and, and you want to bitch about like you want to bitch about drag shows 
protecting the children, the groomers. Mm-hmm. You want to bitch about who's pooping in what bathroom? <laughs> like, does that shit really matter whenever you have literal pedophile rings? Yeah. That are are getting away with it and continuing to get away with it because they're just people are turning their heads the other way because they have all this money and power. And the institution that is probably more guilty of it than Hollywood and and the banking elite, clergymen. Yeah. Yep. Look at the Catholic Church. I mean, that shit is crazy. It's yep. it's disgusting. All the bodies that they found from these residential schools in Canada and the U.S. I was just so talking about that with of a them friend have the been other day. Into. Yeah, it's tens of thousands. That's so sad. Yeah, and they've only have two hundred and twelve or something reported, like like actually recorded like God. cases. But there's tens of thousands of them, and this is not this is not like a little thing. This is a big thing. This is a yeah. genocide. You can't call it anything but Holocaust. Yeah, you can't. But we're not talking about it. Anyone that's triggered by that, like, look up the definition of a Holocaust, especially whenever I say there's a Holocaust against animals right now, too. Like, it's one to three trillion with a T. Picture a billion animals. Just try. It's a lot of fucking animals. Now try and picture a billion. Now times that by three. That's per year are forced into existence by human hands. Why? So we can eat them? Yeah. So they can be tortured and then we can eat them? For taste. Yeah. And that's why I say taste comes from plants. And if anyone wants it, I have live debates with people all the time. It's great. Um, About the whole taste thing and about any of these things. I'm an animal rights activist and I've been doing this for years. And I speak professionally on this type of stuff. So it's, uh, I, I just remember the time that I used to believe vegan. And I try and connect to people from that level. Wait, you, you said that you were vegan? I, I used to bully a vegan. Oh, bully a vegan. Oh, I am vegan. vegan. Okay, yeah, I was, no, no. Okay, I was, I was confused. Bully a vegan. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, no, I haven't eaten animals in over 22 years. I've only died three times. That's amazing. Wait, you've only died three times? <laughs> I say that in jest. Okay. Clearly I'm alive. Yeah, so I was like, is this a simulation? Yes. It is. Yeah. But like, what's... <laughs> Dead internet theory. Have you looked into that? That's a rabbit hole for you. No, I haven't. Dead internet theory. Yeah, that's crazy. What's the internet theory? Dead internet theory. I'll tell Dead you that internet. after I tell you about the animal holocaust. Yes. So it boggled my mind to realize that we're actually doing this. And I was part of it. And I used to say all the cringy things that people say. I know that there's a meme that vegans are like elitist and they're rude and they're snappy. And like I, I used to feel that way about Sam. She sat in front of me in the computer class. Um, back then I think it was called a typing class. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was computers. We like just had like, you know, color internet. No, I don't know. I can't remember. But um, yeah, she sat in front of me and I think I had a crush on her, to be honest. So I was probably flirting <laughs> with her or whatever. But, um, you know, she, she just thought she was so cool. She's like better than everyone. You know what I mean? Wouldn't sit with us, you know, during lunch and all that stuff. And I'd try and talk to her and she wouldn't really have anything to do with me. I think she was like dating a die in high school or something you know so it's probably jealous or whatever mm-hmm. but she heard me talking to the person i sat next to she sat in front of me I was talking to my buddy about how you know we should recycle and animals matter and you know we should be nice to animals i'm indigenous i care about you know mother earth she turns around she's like wait a minute you said that you're an environmentalist and an animal lover i was like yeah aren't you i'm like there's my chance you know mm-hmm. um and she's like yeah i am but i don't eat animals do you and she's like and i'm like well yeah that shit slaps it tastes delicious you know and like <laughs> the animal's dead already and you know it's wasteful mm-hmm. not to eat it and like you know if we weren't supposed to eat animals god wouldn't have made them out of me i said all that stuff 
I used to say all that stuff. She's like, she's like, I don't know. I remember her eyes when she looked at me. I remember her eyes and she said, I don't know. I think, I think you might want to look into that a little bit more. Ooh. She just turned around. And I was like, fucking vegan. <laughs> fucking vegan. Right? Fucking vegans. Yeah. Ugh, fucking vegan. Goddamn fucking vegans. So I was like, you know what? In my head, I'm like, she's in a cult. I'm going to save her. White Knight kicked in, right? I was like, I'm going to save her life. <laughs> I'm different. She's going to love me. She's going to hop right in my bed. When I take all the facts that I find through my library. Back then, we had books. You have to mm-hmm. look things up in books and photocopy them. Um, I'm going to go to the library, find all this evidence that she's in a cult, and I'm going to drop it on the desk all dramatic. I can see it in my eyes. You know, the sunlight beaming through the window and her just going, oh, my God. I can't believe you're so smart. I finally <laughs> seen the light. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, I don't know what I saw, you know what I mean? Instantly Fucking, rips off pants. Yeah, like, young, pubescent teenager. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I, I couldn't. Because I, I went to the library. I set out on that mission, and I failed. Because <laughs> I found, fuck, there isn't a logical and rational reason why we're eating animals. It's for profit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awkward. Um, animals feel pain too. And yeah. animals are just like Sabrina. And I had mourned my dog, Sabrina, you know, who passed away. Um, I don't know the timeline, but I mean, I thought about her and I asked myself, like, what's the morally relevant difference between Sabrina and a cow that I just talked proudly about this leather jacket that I'm wearing? Mm-hmm. This is vegan, by the way, in case you're wondering. Okay. Oh, feel it. Feel it. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Vegan okay. leather's come a long way. All right. All right. Yeah, this, is, this is vegan too. Very nice. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that was, uh, I wish I could say that I went vegan overnight. No, I didn't. Um, it was probably like two or three years after that, that I eventually went vegetarian and I was in closet about it for like five or six years. Really? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, back then we're talking like, this is a long time ago. This is over, it's like over 22 years ago or so. Um, so back then you say that you're vegetarian. A, people aren't going to know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, B, they're going to think that you're gay and they're going to bash your face in. <laughs> so it literally was conflated with like yeah. being gay or something mm-hmm. because like no one with a penis is vegetarian. Well, you know? yeah. So Everybody knows that. Need, yeah. Right. I mean, of course. Got to be a man. Got to kill things with your hands. Yeah. And, like uh... I, I didn't even identify, like I didn't even identify as gender fluid and, and, and um, two spirit back then. But like something about the entire thing felt weird to me. Okay. You know, so. But yeah, so now whenever people are just saying lots and lots of nonsense, I either tell them that story or ask the real awkward question whenever they start to make it rocket science, because that's what people try and do. They try and make it rocket science. We love hearing good news about our bad habits, you know? Of course. Um, I ask them, what does it have anything to do with what you're going to eat for breakfast tomorrow morning? Mm. So I don't know what you plan on eating for breakfast tomorrow morning, but yes, I'd like to make you vegan because we kill one to 300 people, like one to 300 individuals per year just by eating wait what do you mean by that i mean every meal that you have i don't know what you eat i have no idea um but on average is about one to three hundred lives per year we're taking just by eating that's insane yeah a little bit of milk here and there that was a mother yeah what happened to the baby calf think about it yeah if you're drinking the milk what happened to, why, why didn't the baby drink it where's the baby if it was male we don't need that. Damn. Not economically viable. What are you going to do with a male cow? Yeah. Like you only need a couple of them to literally jerk off and mm-hmm. crowd freeze their semen. And then, yeah, you can just freeze it. So it's not yeah. like you need to keep space for them. It's expensive to keep them alive. 
What are your thoughts on bug protein? Um, yeah, so that's that's the thing too. I want to I want to tell people this, like, right? You're like, oh, vegan food is gross. You know, plant burgers fake. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Well, guess what? Like the other alternative, which is where we're headed, is eating bugs. Yeah. Like that is literally where we're going. Because we don't have space. We literally don't have the space and the resources to feed this many mouths. Mm -hmm. Like we're likely going to start seeing the human population drop soon for the first time in human history. That's insane to think about. Yeah. Like we're running out of clean water. Yeah, like, what and you water in general. Water? Like what? Yeah, yeah. People are like, oh, but the water cycle. It's like you realize that water cycle takes a really fucking long time, right? And like it's it doesn't all work like the way that you saw in like fifth grade. Like yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah, it's, it's been a <laughs> couple of years. Acid rain is a thing, you know. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. You know, algae blooms are a thing. Like so, and and all that stuff. Like because because I used to fight all kinds of causes. Like I used to do all kinds of stuff, like voter rights, and like you know, fight for homeless people, and all those things are noble. All those things are good. They're very important. But whenever you really look at the numbers and you look at all the problems in the world, there's one major thing that is contributing. I don't know if you know much about the 80-20 rule. Mm-mm. No? So like um, 20% of the actions or the the variable in any scenario is bringing about 80% of the results of said situation. Okay. So in the case of climate change, there's only a few things that, that could be changed, like one, abolition of government. And two, abolition of the animal agriculture industry. Like, if we did those things, I think we'd be living in a radically different world. Yeah. We're the only species that has to pay money to live. Like, that's kind of, I mean, think about that. Wow, that's actually, yeah, a, yeah when you yeah. think about it that way. And like, and like, if the U.S. owns how many of tens of trillions of dollars now, who, who, who does every country own money to? Hmm. Like, what? what? <laughs> who yeah. are we in debt to? How does yeah. that work? Like, how, how do I get that job? Like, where's the application right. form fill out to, to get that sal- salary, right? Uh, you know, but I mean, where's the where's the opt-out form? Seriously. Like, where's the opt-out form? Like, should be consent-based? The whole social contract thing? They, it's even called a contract. Yeah. You know, but I'm just doing my thing. I'm just, I'm just being a professional free spirit, um, trying to change lives. I've... I've almost died. Um, I've wished that person was dead and got that wish. And I'll tell you, that's a very uncomfortable feeling. So don't wish dead upon anyone because you just might get it. Um, You know, been divorced, been homeless, you know, been in jail, done a lot of shit. Experienced it all. Yes. And that's why I'm like, you know what? People come to me all the time. Normally, I don't spend this much time talking about myself. Normally, I hear other people. Yeah. Yeah. people just like open up to me and I have a bit of experience. I'm not trying to say I know everything mm-hmm. um, and I can point them towards tools. And, yeah. and I'm just like, you know what? Like I've been doing that for so long for everyone, anyone that ever asked for anything, I'm there for them. I could have just a dollar in my wallet and be broke and not know where my next dollar is. Someone asked for it. I give it to them. That's just the type of person I've always been. Yeah. You know? Um, but I'm realizing that I'm on a mission and it's a little hard to do that broke and homeless. I feel that. You know? Yeah. yeah. So so I'm like, I'm going to have to just start charging for that type of stuff. So I don't know if any of my potential transformation, you know, coach clients might hear this. Yeah, you never know. Yep. But I'm just here to say that I've the probability, whatever you're going through, heartache, you know, jealousy, uh, prison, you know, issues, child custody type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like chances are I've been through that too. And, and I just want to give you the tools. And I found a business model that I think looks pretty cool. I don't okay. know. Uh, this might be a little preemptive, but I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say um, I want to charge people the full price 
for the package. Okay. Um, and as long as they go through through the entire program, I pay them back 100% of their money. So as they go like a quarter way through, I give them a quarter quarter of their money. They get halfway through, I give them half of their money. They get all the way through, I give them all their money. What's the thought behind that? Um, well, the thought is, unfortunately, and you can probably think of yourself. I don't know if there's anyone that has uh, got a gym membership recently. You know, it's almost the New Year's. People mm-hmm. going to make those resolutions. Yeah. We know what happens whenever people set out to do something. They they're going to stop doing them by mm-hmm. the end of January. <laughs> Most people don't do it. Yeah. About I think I think the numbers like ninety to ninety five percent of people that sign up for something, even if they pay a lot of money don't end up doing it or using it. Yeah. So those people, they really can't complain if they don't get their money back because they didn't do the program. Okay. Like I'm going to be clear about it. I'm going to be honest about it. And they're going to they're gonna ask the same question you just asked, but like, how do you get paid? I'm going to tell them, we'll go through the program and you're going to be happy because it's going to work. You're going to have results. You're going to be excited. And what are you going to do whenever you have re- results and you're excited? Talk about it and share it with people. Awesome. Like all I want as payment at that point, give me a good referral if it worked for you. If you don't, that's fine too. You can walk away. No big deal. But if it doesn't work for you, it's probably because you didn't use the program and that's money in my bank. But don't do that. Like I want, I want to do this for free. I want to do this for free. You know? Interesting. So that's the thought process behind that. So then what would you say is the difference between a life coach and a therapist? Yeah. Um, I think the major difference, major two differences is, um, licensing, Okay. Um, you know, governments got their hands more in the whole like therapist, you know, psychiatrist angle. You have to be licensed and I get it. I understand you're dealing with lives here. So I'm I'm not knocking it. Mm-hmm. So anyone that comes to me and they're like severely depressed, like, you know, suicidal, anything like that, I'm going to say I can see you, but I want you to also see a therapist and like literally don't message me again until you can show me who your therapist is. Okay. Like for their sake. Yeah. Because I, I'm not a replacement for therapy. Okay. I say this about BDSM too. I say this about polyamory too. Um, you know, polyamory is therapeutic. BDSM is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. Gotcha. You know, life coaches are therapeutic. Okay. We're not therapists. I'm not a therapist. Gotcha. I don't plan on being a therapist. Most therapists probably have a, a license to, you know, maybe do lots of drugs too, pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And Things get really weird whenever you get in certain areas of the healthcare industry where money is involved. Yeah. And and pharmaceutical industries are involved. I was a polysomnographer for several years. That was the only corner of the, you know, like medical industry I felt was ethical. Um, so I don't want to get into that area. Gotcha. But a life coach gives you, like, instead of just writing notes and then writing a script, um, life coaches actually give you practical tools to help you. Okay. Um, so they'll, they'll hear you out, ask if you want some tools. Um, they'll show you a plan that they have. If you like it, then you'll do a program. Um, at least that's how I'm going to have my system. So it's going to be like a six week, like eight week program, something like that. So real simple. Very cool. Um, Different modules as you go through it, the system spits back out your money. So it's not like I'm handling your money. It's not like I'm going to like put in a, you know, you have to worry about me stealing it or something like that. There's (laughs) a guarantee, like you do it in a six month period or whatever. Yeah. Um, you get your money. So very cool. Um, yeah. So it's, um, Still looking in setting up the program right now. So like I said, I haven't technically graduated yet, but by the time this comes out, I might be. So, okay. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Very so cool. Hourglass path is what I'm going to call it. I love. Yeah, I like that. Path. So I'm going to take a little, little bit of a witchy, little bit of a sexy vibe to it. Yeah. Because you know, I want to, I want to speak to other activists. Yeah. I want to speak to other witches. I want to speak to other uh, people that are interested in exploring polyamory, interested in exploring non-monogamy with their partner. 
like those type of people, you know, people that are activists that are burnt out mm -hmm. from it. Cause God damn, I know activism burnout. Like yeah. I know any business burnout too. I mean, I've been a, you know, social entrepreneur since I was 19 years old. Like I said, I'm almost 40. So I've had some ups and downs. So, but you're pushing through it and you're blazing your own trail. And I love that. Yep. And you're out here to help people and better the world. But I feel like I've talked way too much now. So, <laughs> Well, we're pushing. We're at an hour and a half. Is there any <laughs> last minute things you want to say? Oh, yeah. I know you got to get to your toga, par toga party soon. Yes. Doing a toga party. I hope I'm not already late. They're probably wondering where I am if I am late. Oh, you God. Sorry. <laughs> she keeps turning on lately and I'm like, I'm not even talking to you. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I guess the only thing I want to say is that pasta saved my life and I think it'll save the world. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take that message to TED Talk. Ooh. Because as far as I know, there's never been a pastafarian preacher on a stage of TED. How do you get on TED Talk? Be. How does that work? It's very hard. Yeah? It's a long process. Okay. And it's probably expensive because I'm looking at a few different programs and we're, you know, 8K or so. Oh my um, for a year-long program, working with professional actors and speakers and leaders and writers and stuff okay. like that. It's a pretty intensive program. I don't know if I'm going to go that route or if I'm going to just try it a la carte, but it's kind of like whenever you apply, you apply. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like trying for jobs. Um, but uh, yeah, you just apply for it pretty much um, is the short of it. But the long of it is it's very competitive. Interesting. But they're looking for just humans. They're just looking for real people. They don't want people that are super accomplished and have like out 50 books and whatever. Because yeah. those people like, they want to discover new people. Yeah. Like, and I mean, my lawyer, she's amazing. Um, you know, things really took off for her whenever she hit the TED stage. Samantha okay. rights activists that are really literally changing the world right now. It happened whenever they hit the TED stage. So why not a Pastafarian preacher? Why not a Pastafarian preacher? You know, to talk preacher. about. Yeah. And I'm looking into maybe hypnotherapy. <gasps> Love that. Yeah. I've been wanting to get hypnotherapy done. Yeah. Well, if you tell me that you're thinking about going vegan and you're okay with being hypnotized, I'll tell you <laughs> you're consenting. That's the thing about hypno hypnotherapy. It's consent based. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you, it, it's physically impossible to be hypnotized if you aren't consenting to being hypnotized. Mm -hmm. It won't work for you. So some, a lot of people really want to go vegan or go back and forth, yo-yo a little bit. Yeah. You know, don't take my advice and they don't watch Dominion. Watch Dominion. Um, but uh, yeah, so, okay, you want to be hypnotized? There's there's only a couple, I think there's like two of them in the world that are hypnotherapists that help people go vegan. Okay. Um, and I want to I wanna be an understudy. That's awesome. Yeah. So how, That's how cool would that be to be a outlaw, um, you know, animal rights activist slash preacher slash sex worker that hypnotizes people to turn them vegan? I love it. I'm all about it. So. I love it. All right, hour and a half, damn, all right. I'm going to let you end your day. Well, thank you so much for coming to hang out. Do you want to plug your Instagram or anything? Um, sure. I think where I'm putting most of my social media is um, House Sanguine. That's H-O-U-S-E-S-A-N-G-U-I-N-E dot WordPress dot com backslash Zenith, X-E-N-I-T-H. And that's where I have most of my social media. You will find me. Or you can just search for Zenith Sanguine, one word. Might be underscore, might be Zenith 686. Awesome. And I'll link that in the show notes. And this has been so much fun. I'm so excited for this. Can I ask a favor of you? Yes. Can we end this pod podcast a certain way? Totally. Okay. Um, I want to hug. Okay. You can pick the order of this. I want to hug and I want to hear ramen. And hear ramen. Our ramen. <laughs> right? Okay. Which order? Okay. Uh, let's do the ramen and then the hug. All right. Okay. Do I just yell ramen? Ramen. 
Ramen. <laughs> I love it. Watch Ramen. Dominion.